Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about slow living in a fast-paced world. I'm Brooke McCallery. My name is Ben McCallery. Welcome to episode 237. This is our second episode of our May experiment, which is all about creativity, which I'm pumped for, Mm -hmm. I've got to say. Mm -hmm. Last week and a half, really, really interesting. The way that, you know, there's different patterns and trends and my interests are changing a little bit about my creative work, like passion, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like it's just been very eventful already. Yeah. It has had more of an impact on the way I view things than I expected. Are you seeing like a creative thing for everything you're doing now? Like a potential? Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's just shifted the... The way I look at things and, you know, we kind of hypothesized last week that it may have an impact on problem solving and it may have an impact on focus and we were like, well, maybe it might lead us to see other creative possibilities and it has. has. It has done it all of those things. It actually has done that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, yeah, it's it's been phenomenal and I've got some thoughts as to why I think that might be the case mm. that I, I want to get mm. into but... Yeah, there's a yeah. bit to unpack this week. There is. There's a bit to unpack. We've got a couple of themes, most of which is I want us to start thinking about who are we actually creating for, mm. who are our audience, because mm. that's really interesting as well. And does that influence how you create? Yeah. As a perfectionist, are you more likely to spend more time on it? And oh. is it is it then less creative yeah. once you start thinking about, the audience. Yeah, I've got some thoughts on all of this. All right, so let's let's get into the episode. Okay. I want to start this episode by I'm just going to read this piece, which will be linked in the show notes. Okay. It's from a, a website called The Creativity Post. Um, and the author is a man by the name of Sam McNerney out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And he writes this article and it's just really interesting and it just gives a flavour of what we're trying to talk about, about the potential for creativity and what mm-hmm. it can lead to or not. But I thought this was really cool. It was Sunday in church, 1974, when Arthur Fry had his moment of insight. Fry, a member of the choir, was having trouble marking pages for the hymns, and he'd had it for a while. He kept on losing his page. And the problem was innocent enough, but it persisted. And what Fry really needed was an adhesive strong enough for his bookmarks to stick to the pages, but weak enough so he wouldn't damage the pages when he removed them. He recalled a seminar given by his colleague Spencer Silver a few years ago. Silver described a new adhesive he discovered during his talk and Fry had been wondering how it could be applied ever since. This is like years in the making. Mm -hmm. That's when the answer came to him. Why not use Silver's adhesive for the bookmark? And that's when... Post-it notes. ...was created. Like... Problem solving, creative, but collaborative creators, creative. Yes. As well. But also time. Time was the ingredient. Years. Yeah. 
Years in the making. Yeah. Something as simple as that was years in the making and it required two brains. Mm. Yeah, I love I love that that story. So it was like what's this what's the takeout? Like so it's time. It's time plus creativity plus problem solving. Yeah, I don't I don't imagine that guy would have gone in to like his church that day and he's like, Today's the day. Today's the day that I unlock this mystery. No. You know, so it's yeah. Well, it had been happening to him for ages. But he'd been thinking about it. He had an in, like, the back of his head, yeah. he had this thing that he just allowed to sit there and plant this little seed and over many years it was watered with little ideas and mm. and kind of thoughts but was just left to its own devices for a while. And that's a particularly beautiful form of creativity, I think. I do as well, yeah. Things take time. I mean, it's not, not everyone's going to invent the post-it note, but, but, but things take time. Creatively solving a problem takes time. Writing a book takes time. Mm-hmm. Painting a painting takes time. Like learning to play piano takes time. Mm-hmm. Learning to embrace your own sense of style or expressing yourself through the clothes you wear or the jewellery you wear or whatever, like that, that all yeah, takes time. it does take time. There's no shortcut to create like true creativity, I don't think. But also that wasn't his one purpose in life, you know, so I think that it's a really interesting. Yeah, it was just like every Sunday he had that problem. That- yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was a true creative project rather than, albeit quite different it's to one that I would slow creative. Yeah, but it wasn't related to his work. You know, so I think that that's interesting given that what we're guy, talking about today. Silver and, and that guy would have made a lot of money from that. Oh, no. I think that was a failure of a product. So never heard of it. I want to ask you, so you we're a week and a half into the experiment. How are you finding it? Are you seeing like it being slow? Mm-hmm. Like is it a slow creative pursuit are there patterns and trends that you're experiencing or are you mixing it up you spoke about photography and writing last week as two of the things that you have started to do have they kept up the writing has the photography is something that i just i i do it because i enjoy it i feel like the photography you've been doing forever and a day i have yeah. yeah and that's not really the thing that i have nominated as the thing that i wanted to work on creatively but in saying that if there is a day where i don't I'm not able to write or I can't write or like whatever excuse I give myself. Photography is probably the thing that I would pick up the, like the slack with. Yeah. Because I enjoy it and yeah. the output is something that's pleasing to me. And yeah. it's easy because we're in this amazing place that just begs to be photographed. Yeah, exactly. But the writing has stuck. Oh, okay. Yep, every day. And the thing that I'm finding really interesting is that as much as I embrace slow, the reason I embrace slow in life so much is because I really need to. Like mm. I, my personality is such that I need to. It's important for me to live slow because otherwise I would be living unsustainably fast. Mm. And if I wasn't intentional about it, like most people, it wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. So my tendency still, particularly with new things, and I remember going through the same thing when I first started meditating, was I, I was overcome by this enthusiasm for the first few days because this is amazing, this is the greatest thing ever. This is going to change. Mm. I'm going to do this like every day, for forever, and it's just going to be my passion. And, yeah. and not to say that that's not the case, but not too far into these new endeavors, I always reach a point where I'm like, oh, this is work. Like, not the paid kind. This is just something you have to turn up for every day, whether you want to or not. And there have been days where I really have not wanted to sit down and put pen to paper or finger to keyboard 
but I have. And you know that quote, writing is something that you never want to do, but you're glad to have done. Mm. That's how I always feel mm. when I'm writing, whether I'm writing for work or whether I'm writing for fun. Very rarely I'm like, I'm just going to write it out and it's going to be the solution. But well, it always is. I'll test you here. Does Stephen King have a quote about writing of a similar vein? Probably. Okay. <laughs> Flush. <laughs> so what initial discoveries have you found out then this last week of, of that's definitely one? Yeah. The, the act, act of writing. But you would have known that, right? Yeah. Like I, you've yeah. read books. You know this. Absolutely. Consistency is key. But because I was quite intentional in coming into this experiment with a clean slate, like I wanted to try and remove all ideas of what that would look and feel like. And I thought maybe because I'm not writing for an audience, I'm not writing for a particular project or a product or anything that I'm putting out into the world necessarily, that I would view it differently, like that I would feel more free to... Okay, Stephen King does have a quote about... Here we go. Yeah about writing versus editing. So he says, write with the door closed, edit with the door open. Mm -hmm. And you can take that a million different ways, I'm sure. But essentially for me, I think it's write freely when you're you're putting those initial words to paper, write freely, write without judgment, write without censorship. And I thought that I would be able to do that a lot more readily. But it's really hard for me to shake the habit of a career, which is that I'm writing for people. Like I'm writing for someone sitting out there reading what I'm what I have to say. And whether I like to admit it or not, that does have an impact on what I say. Like I can't I find it very difficult to just be completely uncensored on the page mm-hmm. because I'm so used to my creative work, which is different to my creative practice as we were talking about last week. Yeah. So I'm finding that a really worthwhile struggle to to be going through. And thinking back over some books that I've read about creativity and bravery and vulnerability and honesty. And I feel like that's kind of where I'm going to find my the fuel to be a little more vulnerable and honest and free to put stuff on a page. Like I'm getting quite anxious about talking about it because, mm. but it is, it's something that I, I'm realizing that I really have gotten used to censoring myself. And I think writing the book might've had a bit to do with that because not that it was necessarily censored, but you know, it needs to be a cohesive thing, whereas what I'm writing now doesn't need to be anything. And it's it's kind of hard to get used to not having that that boundary around it. But I am enjoying it. For the most part, I am enjoying it. But it's I'm absolutely at that point where it's like, you know, this is work and you need to sit down and do it and regardless. It yeah. Make your thing. Yeah. I don't know the rules for writing fiction. Never done it before. Yeah. I don't know what it's meant to be for who it's meant to be for or what it's meant to sound like or what they're meant to feel or anything. Yeah. And I find that kind of liberating and kind of terrifying. Yeah. Cause you feel like you'll get down such far track and you'll be like, this is amazing. But then there might be one vital element that you just haven't thought. And of. that's me. See, and I'm treating yeah. it like a job still. So it's, yeah. I'm finding that really interesting. So it could actually be that if I'm trying to just develop a creative practice, writing might not be the way I should start that. Mm. It should Maybe it should be something that I'm not used to doing. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. What about you? Well, the two things that I've explored so far is, is recording video and editing video and writing as well, writing as a creative outlet, mm. which I've, nev- I've got to say I've never done before. You've never been a creative writer? No. It's all been very 
corporate professional writing where you will stay within these boundaries. You cannot use that word. That yeah. word implies so much of other things that yeah. you just can't say it. So the, the rules are so tight that it's it's it might sound easy, but it's really hard because you don't have the whole English dictionary to play with. Right. You've got the style guide. You've got a very strict style guide, but you've got to sound new or interesting, otherwise it's not news. Mm-mm. It doesn't get into the paper. So you've got to play around and be creative in a different way, which you know, one side of my brain is well developed in that. Yeah. The other side of my brain is intimidated by how much I could be writing yeah. about and all the things that I could be writing about that it's overwhelm it's been a bit overwhelming. And I feel like my thoughts they have trouble I have trouble building a story because my thoughts are just so out there. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I, like I would start writing for the slow post. And I'll, I'll, I'll start thinking about a story, an analogy that I might have, an experience, and then I'll try and do like a call to action or yeah. like a – and this, you know, like some something to give the reader a sense of – Value. Val- or, yeah. yeah. And it was interesting when you've been editing it, it's like you don't have to do that. But sometimes people just want to hear what you think. You just want – they just want to hear from you and not want to be shoved down with a direct call to action, mm. which is hard for me because that's – what I've done all my life is there's got to be beginning, middle and end and the end needs to link to the beginning and it needs yeah, to be neat. a takeaway. And it ne- yeah, all that, mm. neat and neat. So it's being simultaneously like direct in my messaging, mm-hmm. which has been hard because there's just been so much to, to write about, which I'm excited about. But then on the other side of the coin, don't be direct and don't, preach and don't t- have messaging and yeah. all the key messaging. So it's I don't know, that doesn't articulate it exactly right, but that's the challenge that I've had. So it's interesting because you're I, – I... It's the discovery. It's not a challenge. It's just a discovery. That's all it is. Yeah, I, I find it fascinating that both you and I are kind of coming to the same struggle or discovery or realisation or whatever, and I'm wondering if it's because we're both so – used to the idea that our words are our job and if that has not been not a mistake but it makes create a true creative writing with no agenda very difficult because it's like like i said it's the habits of a career Mm. like a relatively short career but still Mm -hmm. the habits of a you know a lifelong practice are writing for an audience which i guess brings us to the question of through the, you know, if we're looking at the this experiment overall, who are we creating for? And if we remove that audience at all, if we remove any notion of any end product. Very, it's such an interesting. It's very different, it's right? It's so different. Can I just, because I've, I've just put this down, I need to discuss it with you before we get into the audience and the, and oh, the output. Okay. With the, with like video, recording video and editing video, I've found, like, I've done that for quite a long Like, I used to do it when I was, like, Remember when you used teenagers. to make those, those yeah, videos? Like, and was, what I've found. <laughs> we should probably give some context to what those videos were. <laughs> we've all, like, I've always We used to make fake music videos fake with your brothers and videos. sisters. Like, just, it's just goofy stuff. But yeah. it was a creative outlet that I, well, you know, at uni. And yeah, it was so fun. Just so fun because it was always just a passion. And anyway, so 
What I've found now is, is taking that up again is how easy it is to create some really good stuff thanks to the digital world mm. and the programs available. So I feel like while I'm being creative, it's like, oh, this is easy to be creative. Yeah, Do you know that, what I mean? I, abs- I absolutely know so what So compared mean. to like where I was 15 years ago and where I am now, like what I was doing 15 years ago is just rubbish, but I felt like it was wonderful. Yeah. You know, like I was being so creative then, but now I'm like I'm producing more yeah. Interesting and stuff. And I wonder and, whether yeah. or not technology has cheapened, and that's kind of what I was trying to get at last week. It's cheapened our creative outputs. Yeah. And so anyone such... can take a photo and put it on Instagram and filter it and do business it. to it. Yeah. That makes it go from like terribly mediocre, which is most of the photos that I take on my phone. Like they're just Stop. like, Meh. no, no, but they're like, yeah. they're not hard. I mean, it's you're pointing a, like pointing a machine at a I mountain know. and I taking know. a photo. I know. I know. And you can elevate it to something of beauty quite easily yeah. without mastering any of the techniques that photographers actually have. We were, we were thinking about this and I think we both agree now that this needs the whole episode. I think next week's episode we will talk specifically mm. about analogue creation versus digital creation yeah. and whether there's any differences or whether it's the message, not the medium. Yeah, and also whether our brains operate differently. Because yeah. I had an, a, a conversation with Jocelyn Gly a few weeks ago about analog versus digital. And I've spoken to a number of people about, you know, the, the benefit of getting a pencil or a pen in your hand and mind mapping out a problem or brain dumping or journaling, but with your, your hand and, a, you know, pen and a piece of paper. And how personally my brain works very differently when I'm writing by hand than it does when I'm typing. Like the the creative connections don't come as readily mm. when I'm writing on mm. using a computer. So anyway, we're going to talk about that next week. Yeah, and that, I think that, we can that would do, be really We can devote an episode to that and really get into it. So let's go back to what you were talking about is that do you create differently when depending on your audience? Oh, man, I do. And whether, I know. So this is why I want to hear from you because yeah. you would – you would classify yourself as a perfectionist. Yep. So how how does it change? And this is the other thing that I've struggled with this week. As a perfectionist, creative daily practice is not about creating anything good at all. It's just about the act of creating. And I've found that hard, like the frustration of going, this could be good in three years' time if I stick with it, but it's not good now. And I think that's any creative person starting a new thing comes ag- across that that struggle. But for me, when I'm creating something purely for me, I am much freer with it. Like if I'm writing poetry, it's, and it will, I am like, it will never see the light of day yeah. because it's really not very good mm. and it's angsty and it's like emo. And I don't care when, because I know that no one's going to see it yeah. unless I die and someone goes through my books and they read them and then that's awful and embarrassing. <laughs> it's going to happen. Great note to self, add that to my will, burn all my notebooks. Oh, stop. <laughs> you know, and, and I mentioned in the March experiment that I had gotten home from a number of hikes and started drawing. And you're like, oh, we'll put that on Instagram. And I'm like, we will do no such thing. That is not for public consumption. Mm. So it's very, very but on that, I'm looking at it going, like, that's cool. That's so Maybe, cool. But I don't know. I, th- I just think it would change the output if I was creating it. And and possibly that's the difference, right? You don't create it for anyone else. And 
when you're done, maybe then you put it out there. I, I yeah, don't know. I totally agree because the way that I've created is for an audience, for both, I think. So mm-hmm. the videos that I've produced are for like family, friends and slow, yeah. slow your home people. Like yeah. these, it's to show people what we've been doing, what mm-hmm. we've been up to. And I, that is very, I'm very cognizant of that being the output with the writing as well. Like I yeah. know that there's an audience. So I'm not doing any creative piece so far and I think it needs to change. I, mm. I do need to experiment a little bit more and dig a little bit deeper and do something just for me. Would you consider journaling or something like that? No. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't journal. No, that's a hard pass for Ben with journaling. Do you know what I want to do, what I really want to do? Mm. I have never painted on a piece of canvas. Okay. I have never, ever done that. You're laughing already no. at what I'm... the output would be. No, I'm laughing at the time that I painted a picture for you. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. Was horrible. That was dark. It was really dark. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> it was like. It was like looking back. To be fair, you were, you I was in not in a good place. Depression, yeah. So that, like, that's what I want to. So my outputs, my audience, very obvious mm. from the outset. Mm. Does it change? Would it change? I don't think it would for me. I'm not a perfectionist, so I'm sort of just like, I don't. Know, I get a kick of kick out of people appreciating what I'm doing, right? Particularly the videos. Yeah, like I, I love the feedback that I've been getting. On those, mm-hmm. uh, but I I do think this needs to be an experiment between this week and next week of doing something just because. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. And I wonder whether people that are playing at home as well would want to do would that. want to do that. Yeah, if 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 you or found are yourself- already doing that mm-hmm. and want to do the opposite and actually share it and okay. what, and how that changes because I think how's that for a challenge then? Yeah. So you, this coming week, yeah. are going to, I mean, you can continue to do your videos yeah. if you would like to, but in addition, just play around with developing a, a daily practice that is for no one but you. Yeah, okay. And then if you're listening to this and you already do that, let's say you're journaling or you're doing a sketch a day or, you know, playing a piece of music, whatever it may be. Reverse it. Reverse it. Yeah. And either share Something what you've already done. that you've already mm. done or share what you're doing or create something new in order to share. I mean, I, you don't have to post it to social media. Just share it with a friend or a partner or mm. your mum or dad or someone mm. and just show them and see whether that changes the way you feel about it while you're creating. And there's, I don't have any agenda in encouraging yeah. people to do, to do this. I just think yeah. that remember a big part of it for me of, of the creativity experiment with self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we know ourselves, the more inclined we are to be able to see things from a different perspective to possibly look at ways we can change if we want to. Cause I think you've got a good perspective on this because I think that writing is a very lonely and soul like you, it's a, it's a lonely pursuit cause it's just you. That's why I like it. I know, I know it is, <laughs> but I'm wondering whether you would continue to do it if you didn't get any sort of feedback. Yes. You would? Yes. So, okay. So even when you were writing your first draft, 
Yes. How did that feel to like then give it to me or terrifying? To the okay. Because for me and my personality is if I didn't have any form of feedback throughout it mm-hmm. and preferably the feedback would be like not positive as in like. Really? It would be count. Like it would say you need critical. to do. Critical. Mm. Very critical. I love that feedback because it's just continuous improvement all the time. If I didn't get that, I don't think I would keep going at all. Really? I would get to a point where I'm like, okay. This is not really going anywhere. It's nice that I'm doing it, but I, that that's just how I f- how I think I would feel. Right. So you you tend to just be driven by you are project oriented. Like we've said that, you know, in our previous slow learning experiment last year and stuff. Like you yeah. enjoy working towards a project, yeah. like working towards the end of a project. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't know, I don't think I could say that about myself either. Like I just enjoy the practice of writing, and yeah, it's cool to have something that I'm working on, but. I remember when I was writing slow, like I just want to sit down and write for no reason other than I want to write. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have loved about this so far is that I'm able to do that. But at, if I'm being honest, at the very back of my mind is the question of what can this be? Like what can this become? Can this become a book? Can this become a, like a thing that I take to a publisher? Mm. So it would be nice to be able to remove that. Okay. And I think if I removed that, then those that like that kind of censorship, self censorship, self editing, would stop being such a problem. So maybe that's what I need to focus on as well, because I'm not sharing my sketches with anyone. <laughs> well, too bad you've already shared it with me, and I'm posting them. So that's been that's been this episode. It's like it's it's a funny one because we didn't really realise how creative pursuits are probably naively we didn't realise, but how they are influenced by the end game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And how, imagine then dialing that up, and I don't have to imagine because it's you, is then people purchase your mm-hmm. creative mm-hmm. output. People buy your book. Mm. Like that would then add another layer of. <laughs> it's a head trip. Not another layer, about a thousand layers, mm. Yeah. Then go and stand in front of a room full of them. And then talk about it. Talk about it. And then recite it. And then answer questions about it. It's We're getting very meta here. It's a it's a privilege, but it's like it's a head trip. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that today's episode was a bit of a different one, in that we really just dove into these ideas that we had discovered Mm. over the past week. But Mm. I think it's really important because this is what slow is. And I'm, you know, it's it's about diving deep. Yeah. It's about asking questions, even if we the answers that we find, <laughs> thanks truck, even if the answers that we find out about ourselves aren't ones that we love. Yeah. That's like Agreed. truly, that's one of the biggest links between this experiment and slow living, figuring stuff out about ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So please, because it's me, give me feedback on uh, yeah, Instagram. Ben wants your, Ben is inviting the internet to give him criticism. <laughs> yeah, Ben underscore McCallery. Check out the videos. Uh, please subscribe to the Slow Post. Yeah, and I'm also enjoy going our- to to yeah. just pop a list, uh, a short list of books and resources over on the blog post today of books about creativity. Okay. Uh, so the artist's way. Mm, you love that. I like that. Was that that book really came to me at a 
an important time. I think my Did dad you, gave it to me. I thought you bought that in like Amsterdam or something. No, I, I didn't. My dad gave it to me. Huh. Or I may have stolen it from my dad. It's another way of putting that. Right. Explain. Liz Gilbert's book, Big Magic. And uh, there's a handful of other books and websites that I think might be helpful for people who are, you know, just juggling with these questions of how deep to go and what to out, like what outputs and who to share it with or who not to share it with. Uh, and, you know, be, you can be protective of yourself when you're putting your heart on the page. It's important to do that. Yeah. But in the meantime, have a really awesome creative week. Enjoy your week. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.